Welcome to the Proud Police Wife Podcast with Rebecca Lynn, where we have honest, real, and encouraging conversations for law enforcement families. Welcome to season two of the Proud Police Wife Podcast. I am so excited to be back with you guys. And more importantly, I'm excited to share continued support and resources for this community. We have some amazing guests this season, and if you're new here, my name is Rebecca Lynn. I have a background in education and psychology, and I have been a police wife for over 15 years. I started the blog ProudPoliceWife.com almost six years ago in an effort to normalize what so many of us spouses go through. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, as well as check out my books, which are available where all books are sold. I have a journal for police wives or significant others called The Peacemaker's Wife, and that has encouraging journal prompts. Um, And then my newest book, which is available where all books are sold, is called Proud Police Wife 90 Devotions for Women Behind the Badge. So we're going to get started. Today's interview is brought to you by Arrest My Vest. Arrest My Vest has odor eliminating spray that instantly takes away smells from body armor, tactical gear, uniforms, and more. You can visit Arrest My Vest at arrestmyvest.com and use code thank you, which is all one word for 15% off. So let's get started with today's interview. I'm so excited for episode one of season two to bring on Melissa. Melissa is a police wife, a mom, a certified pediatric sleep consultant, and founder of Lavender Little Sleep Consulting. And she'll share a little bit about her own story, but after overcoming some sleep struggles with her own daughter, she became really passionate about helping other families, especially us solo parents who may be dealing with a spouse working on night shift and having to put kids to bed on her own. And she was passionate about helping them get the sleep that they deserve. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here and to continue sharing my passion about sleep, um, especially with the law enforcement family. Yes. Of course, near and dear to me. Yes. And you understand your spouse is in law enforcement. So you get it. You understand the true struggles that some of us parents go through. Yes, absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Lavender Littles? Uh, So at Lavender Littles, I'm, like Rebecca said, a pediatric sleep consultant. So I focus a lot on educating parents about the importance of sleep and why we need it and how to get more of it. Um, And then beyond that, I work one-on-one with families to support them, whether that's in the newborn stage, establishing a foundation for great sleep or for supporting families and coaching them through the sleep training process for um, children who are four months and older. That's great. Well, and I know like I have three kids of my own and they're ages 10, eight, and six. And it can be hard sometimes because we go through certain stages when our spouse may be on one shift and then they change and The kids want to try to, you know, stay up to see dad or, you know, it can be hard to keep those routines in place when you're also waiting on a loved one. And so 
I know now that they're older, I mean, they know the art of negotiation <laughs> way too well to try, you know, we've had sleep routines for so many years, but then they're like, well, please, please can I stay up a few minutes later? And, but it, you know, it throws things off. So I totally get it. And it's still sometimes a struggle for myself, even though we've been doing this a long time. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, even as our spouses go through different stages in their careers and their schedules, our children are constantly going through their own different stages too yes. and navigating kind of how to balance it all. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, to that point too, it's maybe we can stay up a few minutes extra, but then what if dad is late? Right. <laughs> then right. We've made a promise that we cannot keep. Exactly. So. And we see that a lot. And, and I think this episode comes at perfect timing too, because a lot of families are transitioning from summer to back to school. And so yeah. we kind of get out of sync of our routine, especially over the summer, because it's daylight longer. We may have stayed up later. And so having to reinforce kind of that school routine and schedule. And so I think it's really good timing too. Yeah, for sure. So what tips would you share for creating bedtime routines with our kids when our spouses are working? I think that it's so important to have a streamlined evening. So what I mean by that is it doesn't just start at the bedtime because we have to get there too. So when you have, you know, your kids are coming back from school in the evenings and you're off work, um, that's kind of when we need to start the process of making sure that our evenings go smoothly. So meal prepping is so important. Yes, yes. Um, and, um, we wouldn't be able to get through without it, but, um, meal prepping just to make sure that you're planning meals that are easy to prepare while you're wrangling kids. And ones that are easy to clean up after too, when you're going to be solo so that you can minimize the overwhelm for yourself, especially when you have multiple children. Um, it, it can be a lot. So having a good evening flow, um, throughout the day leading into bedtime, because then that also helps you to make sure you're getting your kids to bed on time, right, right? Which is so important for the majority of children, even up to about 10 years old, still need 10 to 12 hours of sleep every night. Yes. And when they need to wake up early for school or daycares, then we need to put them to bed early so that we can ensure that they're getting those 10 to 12 hours of sleep at night. Even my 10 year old is now sleeping a lot more than she used to. And it's just her body's going through changes. And so she requires a lot more sleep. And so we encourage that, like definitely over the summer, she would sleep in pretty late and, and it didn't mess up her, what time she went to bed at all. She just needed more sleep then, you know, versus my eight-year-old. And so we definitely encouraged that because sometimes you think, okay, the younger they are, the more sleep that they need, but it's not really the case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, when you're going through any sort of developmental it, children will need more sleep and that doesn't just stop in those toddler years to right. are constantly evolving and right. teenagers too need lots of sleep. Yes. Yeah. They're just absorbing so much information in the world. So. Absolutely. Okay. What other tips would you share? Um, we also just can't um, overlook how important a bedtime routine is. Having something that is very consistent and predictable helps your child to understand after these activities, sleep is coming next. I'm going to 
get into bed and sleep for a long stretch throughout the night. Um, having something that's really predictable, the same activities in the same order every night minimizes the chaos in the evening and it helps your um, child to just know what to expect and that minimizes any meltdowns or bedtime battles when it's so consistent that it just becomes second nature and nobody even thinks about it after a while you're just doing it that's what you do every single night before bed exactly exactly yeah like with my kids it's you know once okay we brush teeth and we read and you know snuggle with you for a few minutes and then that's it it's lights out we're done um you know they can try a lot. Of, I forgot to do this. I have to go pee. I need a sip of water. <laughs> we yeah. get that a lot too, but um, like, you know, we did those things. We're good. So I always try to, now that I've been a parent for a little longer, factor that time in too, because they'll ask so many questions to divert you too. <laughs> Off of that. Yeah. All the stalling texts. I know they're very creative. Oh, my toe is cold. Oh, I forgot right. to say goodnight to the dog. Like yes. <laughs> everything. Yes. Um yeah, I think that it gets easier probably as you become a parent longer. You right. learn all their tricks. Definitely, definitely. They're smart <laughs> for sure. Yes. So let's talk about the sleep environment. Um, obviously, we make sure our spouses as police officers have like blackout curtains and a dark room. I feel like we talk about those things in this community a lot. But do our kids need that too? Do our kids need sound machines and blackout curtains to get better sleep? Yes, I think we can all benefit from that. Um, The reason that we encourage it for our spouses is because they're often sleeping during the day, um, but our children, because they're sleeping 10 to 12 hours at night, are also often sleeping during some light hours as well. And the reason that we need blackout is just biologically as humans, we are programmed to sleep in the dark. That's why we're not nocturnal. Um, And so the reason that our brains sleep in the dark is just as the sun goes down or as you dim the lights in your home, then your brain starts to make melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. And melatonin makes it easier for you to fall asleep and to stay asleep. Absolutely. Because without melatonin, it's really, um, can be really difficult to fall asleep or it can take a long time. So having that blackout is what's going to help your child to fall asleep more easily and naturally create that melatonin. And it also helps for in the early morning hours when the sun starts to come in through the room, um, through the windows, then that light and even the slightest amount of light coming in can affect sleep. It can trigger uh, your child to wake up because it's signaling to your brain, Hey, light's coming in. That means it's time to wake up, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's time to wake up. So (laughs) blackout curtains, um, allows us to, and our children to get the sleep that they need uninterrupted. Um, and a sound machine is really great too, for not only for our officers, but for our children, because it blocks out environmental noises. Okay. So that's the goal with it is to like, lots of times I'll put it like near the door so that it's blocking out the sounds of myself getting ready for bed or my husband, when he's coming in and out at all hours of the day and night, 
It helps to block up those noises or even in the early morning, the garbage truck is coming through. And if you live on a busy street, like it helps to keep the sound pretty consistent in the room so that um, your little one's not waking up when they're in a lighter stage of sleep. It's easier to be woken up by those environmental noises. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, we have like sound machines in our kids' rooms too. And I know my eight-year-old, like if the, I don't, if I forget to turn that on, she's like, I can't sleep. My sound machine's not on. I'm like, okay. You know, so she reminds me right away, but, um, I've been so, I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say passionate, but I've just been reading a lot more about sleep and how it impacts our bodies. Um, the past couple months, my husband actually turned me on to it because he was, listening to podcasts about sleep. And so he was like, you've got to listen to this with me. So I've listened to some like sleep experts too. And they were also recommending to even like dim your lights, turn your lights down in your home, even like while you're starting the sleep kind of process, like you mentioned, like when you're starting that routine before bedtime, start to dim those lights just to get your body ready. It signals to your body, like sleep is coming. So we've been doing that with the kids or really I've been doing that with the kids because my husband's working and it has helped a lot. It's, um, you know, they're falling asleep, you know, just a little bit faster, I think, because their bodies are understanding that it, you know, it's time for the sleep process. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like the hour before bedtime should be like the wind down period for children and for ourselves too. It helps adults as well to have that wind down because the melatonin starts producing um, it, it can take, you know, about an hour for it to kind of like your brain to register that the lights are dimming. It's not kind of that automatic process. Right. So like lights on, lights off, right? Yeah, exactly. So what tips would you have for a parent that has multiple children to put to bed around the same time? I feel like that is one of the biggest struggles. It's you can give your undivided attention to one child, but when you have two children or three or four, what tips would you have? So I think a bedtime routine is so important for all children, but it's so important for your family when you have multiple children because it eliminates or lessens some of that chaos that can happen when you have three children. So it should be non-negotiable having your bedtime routine. And when children are going to bed at the same time, do the routine together. Each child can pick out a story that you read together um, and then the important part is that if your children are sleeping in their own rooms, then the last part of the routine should happen in each child's, in each child's room. Okay. And that just gives them um, the connection that their room is for sleep. So we, um, like I usually do books in bedtime routines. And then so we can do that all together after the books are done. Let's go into each of our own rooms. Um, and then tuck them in, sing a lullaby, do prayers with them, um, maybe individually. And that just gives them like a last minute connection one-on-one too, which helps to fill their cup before going to bed. And then do you recommend kind of like teaching maybe the older of the siblings to be more independent? Like, okay, you need to go in your room, lay in your bed. I tell my oldest, like, okay, you can go read in your own room. You know, we may have, like, sometimes she reads the books to my youngest and, you know, to be included in all of that. But then she has to go have quiet time in her room to try to teach that independence a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And 
I think that's something that has to be somewhat practiced. Yes. Um, and especially practice it during the day. Um, right. We should never practice new skills at um, bedtime. It can be hard, but practice during the day, teaching your children independence and helping with the younger siblings can really help you too. And I think when we have a shift working spouse, it really um, is important to have our children be a little bit more independent. They just kind of need to be for the family unit to run more smoothly. Um, so yeah, having your child go in with, you know, just a lamp on right in their room to keep that dim light, read a book. Um, if they're kind of older, they can, you know, maybe practice some meditation or um, something like that too, before um, you come in to do that last step with them. Absolutely. I know my middle daughter says, reading makes me fall asleep. I'm like, that's why <laughs> that's good. <laughs> go ahead, go read. <laughs> so it helps. And, um, and you're right, you know, helping them to, or having them help with the younger ones, was a game changer for me because I used to, you know, take it all on myself and it was really overwhelming. And so, you know, saying to my oldest, how can you help your brother, you know, get ready for bedtime? So she might, you know, just put his uh, um, toothpaste on his toothbrush for me. You know, if I'm like brushing my other child's hair after she got out of the shower. So that type of thing, or um, saying, can you help your brother pick out his pajamas? Just, you know, little things that save me a ton of time. Yeah, exactly. It just makes the whole night run a little bit smoother. And um, yeah, I think that it's just important and part of being a family is that we all help each other. It is. And then I think what's nice is we can keep those same routines even when our spouse is home. So nothing has to dramatically change because we have this routine. And, and I think what really helped us too is like my husband and I had to talk, I had to be like, look, this is our routine when you're, you know, working and I really need us to stick with this because when you're, you know, when you're working, if things are different the day before, because you were off, it's very chaotic for me. So, um, being on the same page about, you know, keeping that routine pretty solid. Yeah. I think that that's really important too, because, um, yeah, sometimes, especially when it's, you're solo a lot for bedtime, when your spouse is home at bedtime, it's fun or something like that. And then it just kind of prolongs bedtime and as children get overtired, they get more hyperactive and then you just what happened to our evening? (laughs) I know. Right. Well, and sometimes too, I'll say, I'll text my husband, like, please let me know if you're on your way home, just because I need that preparedness because my son's bedroom is over the garage. So if he hears the garage Mm. door, it's boom, he gets up and runs downstairs. And so it can, you know, sometimes he's like almost asleep. I am not starting the bedtime routine over. So it, it can create a little chaos sometimes. So I'll just say like, yes. put the kids to bed, please be quiet. Or I'll leave the yeah. garage open if I know he's on his way in a you know decent amount of time or, you know, something like that. Because when he comes home in the middle of the yes. routine, that can be really hard. I know. Yes. That happens to us quite a bit too. Um, when my husband's on day shift, he uh, gets home sometimes after the bedtime routine and sometimes during, but sometimes we're like, you know, do another lap around. Right. <laughs> Give me five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, when he comes home during the bedtime routine, it's you know excitement. Yeah. 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 
So sometimes that means she doesn't see him for an entire day or a few days, but um, keeping our routines is important for us. Um, and, you know, something that, I mean, it feels like, you know, we want our kids to see their dad, um, but sometimes it feels like, okay, we also need them to go to sleep on time. Um, so something you can do is like have your spouse just record like a bedtime message for them yeah. um, that you can play, you know, after dinner or something um, is something that you could incorporate too when they're going long periods without seeing their other parent. Yeah, definitely. Just so they can hear their voice and feel comfortable, you know, comfort, I'm going to say comforted, but I'm not like getting the words out right today. <laughs> um, but yes, to just have that connection piece so that they can, not feel like they're going days and days and days without seeing their parent. Um, and I will say like, if it's at the beginning of the routine, of course, I'll let them go down and, you know, see dad or whatever, but it's yeah. when I'm just tucking them in bed, it's kind of like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So is there anything that we should avoid when creating a bedtime routine or is there anything that will kind of make our evenings more difficult? So as there, anything that our kids should avoid that kind of can make them more energized before bed or anything like that? Yeah. So there's three main sleep inhibitors and I call them the three S's okay. and those are sugar, stress, and screens. Okay. So I mentioned if you want a video of your um, spouse saying goodnight to the kids to put it in your dinner time because you want to avoid screens. And the reason for that is because it affects your child's ability to naturally create melatonin because the, the light that comes from the screen is blue light, um, which signals to our brains to stay awake. And it makes it a lot harder to wind down. So I wouldn't use any sort of screen time phones, tablets, TVs within the last hour, at least of going to bed, um, because it can really um, have an impact on how long it takes your child to fall asleep. So if you're noticing that they take a while to fall asleep, just think about when was the last time they had screens and some children are, you know, a little more sensitive to those things um, than others. But the other thing that screens can affect is our is stress because depending on what they're doing on their um, devices or what they're watching, it can cause stress and anxiety. Um, so being mindful of what they're doing too and how it affects them because we want our children to go to bed feeling positive and having, you know, kind of a calm mind and um, having worked through some of their issues during the day instead of at bed, because especially as our children get older and I feel like the way the world is nowadays, like there's a lot of stress and children pick up on that. So trying to just keep things really positive going into the bedtime routine, children who experience a lot of anxiety can really benefit from some meditation, some practice, um, breathing and things like that. So this can be sometimes more prominent, um, in families of law enforcement officers, especially for school-aged children who are going to school and who knows what they're hearing in the classrooms um, about what happens in the world. So 
being just mindful of what your kids are going through, talk to them during the day and work through it um, and help them to go to bed with a clear mind and making sure that they feel that they're um, safe and secure before bed. So keeping things positive for that last hour and then sugar um, also to be avoided after dinner time as well, because that gives energy and we don't need extra energy in the evening. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Well, yeah. this was so great, Melissa. I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, before we go, how can listeners get in touch with you and schedule a, le- a sleep consultation if they need one? Yeah, I really enjoyed this too. Thank you again for having me on the podcast. Of course. Um, if listeners want to get in touch, chat about their child's sleep, if you are wanting to um, dive in with a sleep consultation, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. My handle is at lavenderlittles underscore sleep. Check out the resources that I have on my website. I also have a blog on there and free resources for families to take advantage of. So that's lavenderlittles.ca. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Um, And I know that this episode is going to help so many families, especially with little ones, um, because this is a huge question that I get all the time, just how to navigate sleep when your spouse is working. So thank you again. Mm -hmm.